right, off once again here on the Final Score Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Craig Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. And on this week's episode, we will chat with Ligonor softball coach Andrea Poffenberger. Um, longtime Ligonor softball coach Andrea Poffenberger. Been doing it for almost two decades now, and the Lancers are always uh, contenders. So, so we'll talk to her about her uh, long uh, uh, career as a, as a Ligonor uh, coach at both softball and volleyball. And we'll talk to her about why. Uh, the Lancers are always uh, a, a very strong uh, contender um, as we head into the playoffs here. But first, I'm joined by my two colleagues, uh, Alexander Dacey and John Cannon. John, uh, do you have a theory on that, why Ligonor softball is always uh, in, in the mix there? Yeah, uh, they always hit the ball really well. Um, they're always fundamentally sound, which is a lot of that's a reflection of, of Andrea and our program. Um, and <laughs> yeah, they also, they, I assume they draw athletes from that Luya area yeah. that just is very fertile for good athletes. I mean, Oakdale and Urbana as well. Um, you know, they, that's a good starting point. And then, you know, then you have a program like hers that, you know, when you start with something like, like that, she's able to really do a lot with it, you know, based on what she's, her experience and, and, and her program. Yep. Mr. Dacey, uh, for most of the last month, you've been working on a big feature story about the uh, pitching depth, the remarkable pitching depth in the county this season, nine Division One prospects. Uh, the story ran in uh, last Sunday's paper. Many of you have probably seen it, but uh, what sort of reaction have you gotten uh, to that story, and are, are, are you glad it's behind you? Because I know you put a lot of legwork into that. I've actually gotten a really positive reaction, and I, I told I think I told you this, and I told a couple other people this. It kind of surprised me that it got the traction that it did, at least outside of just like the you know the initial bubble or initial circle of people that I talked to, which I was expecting them to like to read it and see it. But no, it 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 got a fair amount of traction, and I actually got connected with a couple more coaches, um, and you know just local private coaches and programs because of it. So. Yeah, people people really really seem to like it and, and enjoy it, and and I I'm glad. Uh, you know, again, I didn't have doubt. I didn't have any doubt that I you know wouldn't do the best job I could. But it's it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of just validating to see people respond positively to something like that. Um, but with that said, I am very glad it is behind me because it is one of the it is one of those things, and it's kind of a thing with any feature big feature story you write is that you put so much time and effort into it that you love the end product and you, you love, you, you kind of love reporting it, but at some point you almost burn yourself out on it because you've just been working on this one thing for so long. And so I am very glad it's behind me, but I, I also am very happy that it turned out, turned out well. Uh, I, I'm curious, what was your one big takeaway after talking to all these people, all these pitchers, uh, uh, just, just, just all this in-depth reporting you did, what was your one takeaway from it all would you say so i guess the best way to sum it up is is i guess it's it's kind of complicated because like i like i detail in the article there's kind of a lot of moving pieces that have that that have kind of led us to this point but i think the the biggest takeaway um i'll, I'll give you a, i know you asked for one i'll give you a, a, a two-part answer here. Go ahead. um the first part is that a lot of my hypothesis kind of initial hypothesis was mostly true in that you know a lot of this is just all these kids have private coaches now they all play year-round um they're on like showcase teams travel teams you know they basically there's not a time you know where they're not doing something baseball related and a lot of these kids can um you know you know ju are just able to sort of keep keep going year-round and they have these very specific training programs that help them get there uh and then i think the and i think the second the second part, which again is, you know, you know it, it kind of ties in is again that it is just this sort of culmination of trends and it's this just big combination of different factors that sort of, you know, has kind of led us to this point. Um, and that the county seems primed to, to keep this sort of D1 pipeline going. Again, whether or not it's to the extent that we have it this year and I guess next year because you know a good number of these guys are juniors we'll see but you know like i mentioned there's you know eli de rossi uh, citron at a uh, urbana he's got a ton of d1 offers um 
uh, Mike Franklin I talked and told me about this kid Jacob Bell who's just just a freshman now but he already is throwing mid 80s he'll probably you know he'll probably be getting some looks sometime very soon so it you, you know there's already a lot of these guys and especially in kind of already the established programs that are kind of building up so um, it, it kind of that is kind of just a thing to keep an eye on and just track but yeah, it, it is a good time for, for baseball in the county. <laughs> yeah, we're heading into the playoffs, guys. Uh, you, you each uh, covered a CMC championship game this week. Uh, John, you saw the softball, Ligonor and Catoctin. Uh, always, always two of the top teams in the county. Mm-hmm. Um, anything strike you about that game? And uh, Catoctin wound up winning that game, and their second win over Ligonor this season. Yeah, I mean, Catoctin looks really strong. Um, and, and I'm going to say, especially for 1A, they just look strong. Period, and they happen to be a 1A team, so uh, it makes you wonder how far they can go. I mean, they've got uh, Taylor Smith as their pitcher, who's only a freshman. Um, and I say that she's as good as uh, as you would expect a senior to be. So it just makes you wonder what she'll be two, three years from now. But that said, she uh, she's the kind of pitcher that they could probably ride if they have a good lineup. Which, as usual, they have a really good lineup, hard <laughs> hitting lineup, and they 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 feel well. They got a lot going for them. Um, uh, I can see them making a nice deep run. Um, Lingenor now they're three A. They they you know, they hit the heck out of the ball. Um, and, and they're they're good. I mean, they 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 could make they could get in that at very least the you know state quarterfinals, and then who's to see where they go from there? You know? Right. Do, do you worry about the number of innings Taylor Smith has thrown as a, as a freshman? Yeah, for softball, I mean, I mean, on the arm, not so much, but I the, the overall body. But she's a good athlete. I mean, she's she played basketball in the winter for their their basketball team that went to the state finals and. She, you look at her, she's a sturdy-looking girl and everything like that. So, I mean, arm-wise, I don't really – I don't remember softball pitchers having issues with their arms, you know, that, that throw all those innings, especially back in the quote-unquote old days. So, uh, nah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be, as long as she's not too tired. Yeah, and as softball coaches point out, including Jess Valentine, when, when she was talking about it earlier after, I think Smith threw a back-to-back uh, complete uh, complete games, um, They these – these girls they're used to throwing multiple times per game in these tournaments and mm-hmm. stuff so so they're it's actually more common than you think throwing it throwing a bunch of innings mm-hmm. uh alexander you saw Ur- urbana play catoctin uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't quite the marquee game it wouldn't it could have been because catoctin didn't throw uh uh it's 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 top pitchers but um but what was your takeaway there? Urbana had another easy win. Yeah, so it was, it's a little bit hard to, I think, fully or fairly judge it again because just because Catoctin, uh, they had played the night they had played the night before, whereas Urbana was on, I think, like a five or six, five or six days of rest. So Urbana was fully ready to go, and Catoctin was was not just because they they had had to use both uh, Joey McManus and Dalton Williams, and then also you know a lot of their guys had other guys had played so. Um, is a little bit is a little bit hard to sort of read it, but I think that the big read is Urbana's as good as advertised. I mean, they're only they're only uh, two county losses this year uh, were to Tuscarora and uh, Ryan DeSanto, and then uh, TJ. I think they had a loss to TJ the other um, the other week on a I believe it was a walk off. So you know. I mean, other than those two, other than those two games, they've been as sharp as any team in the county, if not the state. Um, again, they're getting through to states will be interesting because they'll have to go through a ton of top four A teams. I mean, you, you'd have to think Sherwood, who they lost in the season openers on the horizon. Now, I, I do think this Urbana, the Urbana team of today, is a little bit better prepared for that game. So. Assuming it gets to that point, we'll have to see. But I mean, Urbana's Urbana's can Urbana can definitely you know contend to make some noise. Catoctin as well. Um, you know, we'll have to see again them at full strength, just because they were just quite frankly were not at full strength on Tuesday. So it's hard. It's hard. I think it's a little harder to get a gauge on them than it is Urbana. But I think again with one with one A, they can definitely make a run and i would not be shocked to see them get to states yeah they they, they won it of course uh last year and yeah it, yeah, it is a shame that yeah. urbana and catoctin baseball didn't play during the regular season right. with, with, with all their horses going so um so playing the ceremonial cmc championship game a, a, a bragging rights game catoctin did not um did not throw their uh, best pitchers 
seeding wise, uh, we have six uh, top seeds uh, for baseball and softball. Uh, baseball: Catoctin, Tuscarora, and Urbana, and Catoctin, Walkersville, and Linganore on 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 the softball side. Uh, I mean, we've we've talked about it. Uh, we we you just talked about it, Urbana and Catoctin maybe be, being able to make a run. Uh, John Walkersville, uh, and, uh, softball. Uh, softball in 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 two A. Yeah, they're they're good. I don't count out Middletown either. Uh, I mean, if they, <laughs> I mean, if those two teams end up playing each other, I mean, you, you don't know. Um, and then I guess you can't forget about Urbana and four A either. They're they're no slouch either. So um, it's pretty good softball here this year. Right, and four A baseball is obviously very tough, yeah. Alexander. But it's, it's interesting to me because Urbana won't have to go through any of those Frederick County uh, pitchers because <laughs> they're the only Frederick County four A team. Right, and so, and so they're lumped in with they're lumped in with all the Montgomery County or with with most of the Montgomery County four A teams. I mean, that's how you know since they reshuffled the divisions. Uh, I guess that was would have been for the twenty eighteen season. Um, they've just been lumped in with those Montgomery County teams who. Again, very you know, var- varying levels there, but you know, presumably you go like you you get a team like Sherwood who was always just good and contending every year, and I think they won states last year for for four uh, A. So, you know, they they'll still have they'll still have their challenges, but um, yeah, like I think I think they may have a they may have a slightly more open path at least until you get to say the state quarterfinals, and then and then it and then it really kind of gets tough because I mean. I know the reseed. The reseeding, I think, was was a new new addition last year, and that'll definitely make things interesting to see where you know where they end up, depending on who else comes out of you know the subregions. And, and Tuscarora is a dark horse in three. Tuscarora, I think, is a is a dark horse in three A. I've gotten the last couple weeks. I've been very high on them. They have a very interesting matchup on. I want to say Saturday against Linganore. Who is probably I would assume in that game is going to throw Ben Moore, and Ben Moore shut out uh, shut out Tuscarora about a week or so ago, and that's and that that was Tuscarora's only loss in the last like like month basically, so that one could be interesting. I think top to bottom Tuscarora is better, but. That I think is the one. I think that is a game that could that could potentially cause a bit of a slip up if if there is a slip up to happen. But I mean, they're again they're pitching. I, I've kind of again it was kind of quiet at first, but now it's kind of become more of a known thing that they may actually have the deepest the deepest stable of pitchers in the county. I mean, obviously Urbana's got their three their three horses who are. I mean, the, those 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 are th- the top three guys. Like you're probably not going to have a better top three than that, but in terms of just the amount of depth that, that Tuscarora has, it's pretty hard to match. And, 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 yeah. Go ahead, John. I was curious. Say, let's say, yeah. argument's sake, say Linganore yeah. upsets Tuscarora. Yeah. Does that open the door for TJ, who's a pretty solid team? I mean, who else is out? Because not, nothing against Linganore, but say yeah. they threw a Ben Moore. He's done. Yeah. And they got, you know, then what? You know, then and you get. Then that would that would presumably would open the door for TJ, who um, who's actually getting – uh, I think they're getting South. I think actually getting South Hagerstown in the in the uh, regional semifinals because they upset Oakdale. So that would presumably open the door for TJ to get to the state quarterfinals, or at least would, would make it a bit of an easier path for them. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ's TJ's just been an interesting team all year because they've not been blowing any teams out, but they're super competitive in every single game that they play. Even against really good teams, and again, they have a win over. They have like a win over Urbana. They, I, I don't think they beat Tuscarora. I don't think they beat Tuscarora, but like they, they have a win over. I think they, they think they beat Linganore earlier this season. Um, so, I mean, I mean, they're just hanging with all these teams, and like again, they're 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 never big wins, but they're you know, they they show they can get it done, and I mean. And they're That's, always good in the playoffs. And they're always good in the playoffs. And I mean, if if you if you if you need something for the playoffs, it's knowing how to win close games. And you know, baseball can be a little funky with that sometimes. But mm-hmm. I don't know. They they are. I don't know. That that three A bracket could be interesting. Again, I'm not quite as well versed on like the rest of the state in three A, but 
I don't know. The couple dark, couple dark horses. Yeah, there. I mean, TJ's had some recent seasons where they've been terrible mm-hmm. during the regular season, but then they find it in the postseason, and the next thing you know, they're in the state semifinals. So. Or one state title. They won yeah. the state title in the past what, right. sixteen, whatever year that was, eighteen. Right. They they weren't a great. Their their record was poor in the regular season. So Billy Gross, uh, their their coach, is very good at getting the team to play uh, its best ball at the right at the right time. So I they're they're another team that I definitely wouldn't count out in three A. And, John, you raise a good point with these teams, just the way they use their pitching and, and when they throw what pitchers, that that, mm-hmm. that could be a, a huge factor. So mm-hmm. that will be something to watch for sure. Uh, lacrosse, uh, four top seeds from the county. Uh, on the boys' side, uh, Ligonor and Urbana. Urban, Urbana, of course, is a reigning uh, uh, state champion. And on the girls' side, Middletown and Ligonor are top seeds uh, in their regions. Alexander, you saw uh, Ligonor beat Middletown girls in what, what what I would probably deem to be a mild upset uh, 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 last week. Um, what was your takeaway from that game? Uh, that's probably the best game I've covered this year. Best single game, like definitely of lacrosse and 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 maybe maybe of all sports. It's a little bit a little bit apples to oranges with with baseball and softball, but um, no, those. I mean, that game was just. I think I think each team maybe had like a brief two goalie, but it was pretty much either a one goal game or tied and just trading leads the entire time. And I mean, Middletown was 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 led by Ellery Bowman. She had seven goals. I mean, she was just dynamite the entire night. And then Ling and Lingenor was able to spread it, it's kind of spread out the scoring a little more. But I mean, those two teams I think are both top top tier contenders and then and then again of course they played they played they played it rematch saturday yeah, middle, and middletown won turned turn the tables yeah so again i i think they're i mean middletown at 2a lingonor at 3a i think both of those teams are very set and ready to potentially potentially make a run um yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know what else to say other than that was just a fantastic. It was just a fantastic game to watch. Yeah, I, I talked to Tyler White, the Middletown <laughs> yeah. coach, on Saturday, and he said the big difference was they won, they won the early faceoffs mm-hmm. Saturday, yeah. so they got some early goals, some early momentum and confidence going, and, and that's what allowed them to turn the tables. But but Ligonor again is is right there with them. I'm not sure many people would have picked Ligonor to beat them um, prior to that game last Thursday, but but the fact that Ligonor did. I think opened some people's eyes to how just how good the Ligonor girls are uh, this season, and also we have the the county tennis championships this weekend. County track was this week, so so we're getting into a fun time of year here with, with the spring sports playoffs. All right, thanks guys, and when we come back, we'll talk to Ligonor softball coach Andrea Poffenberger. Stay with us here on the final score. Spring sports playoffs are upon us, and one of the teams that's always mentioned among the contenders is the Ligonor softball team. That is once again the case this year in Class 3A. Uh, Lancers uh, fresh off an appearance in the Central Maryland Conference Championship game. The longtime coach of the team is Andrea Poffenberger, and she joins us now. Coach, thanks for doing this. How are you today? I'm doing well. I don't mean to make you sound old or feel old right off the top, Coach. I mean, Lord knows I've been doing this job a long time myself. But but how many years have you been coaching softball at Ligonor now? Um, at Ligonor, I've been there for 16 years since 2006. Um, and I actually taught, I actually coached two years JV um, at Urbana before that. And I assisted at FCC the two years previous to that. So, about 20 years total. Has it felt like 20 years? Uh, most days, no. Some days, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm curious how you got the job at Ligonor. Um, well, so I've actually, I've been at Linganore as far as my teaching career the entire time. So in, I, I graduated from Shepherd in 2003 um, and I did my student teaching here at Linganore. And at that time, I wasn't coaching anything at Linganore. And Jeannie Provosto, who was the athletic director at Urbana, who used to be my coach at Middletown, uh, kind of reached out to me and said, Hey, do you want to coach JV at Urbana? And, you know, at that point in time, it was like Linganore, Urbana, super rivals. But, you know, I love Jeannie. So I was like, Sure, like, why not? I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, so started coaching there, only took coach there for two years. And I was so involved here at Langenor because I ended up getting a job here 
after student teaching and doing a long-term sub job um, that they uh, insisted that I take over the program. And um, so we went through some of that stuff and, and that's kind of how I started coaching softball. And I was also at that point coaching JV volleyball because um, I started that in 2005. So they suckered me back in over here since I was teaching here, but it was it was kind of awkward there for a while with the JV Linganor thing. When I left uh, Urbana, they gave me a shirt that said "Trader." Oh no! So they they were maybe bitter about it at that point, but all in good fun. Well, so. what what do you teach at Linganor? Uh, a lot of things. So I I'm certified in PE and I have a exercise science degree. So I teach sports medicine. Um, team sports volleyball, female strength training. Um, we used to have a baseball softball class that I taught, health, fitness. So a lot of different things. All, all, all sports related, though. Yeah, yeah, very much sports related. When, when, when you got the coaching job at Ligonora, when, when, when they suckered you in, as you say. Um, <laughs> uh, I, you... Well, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure at that point I was ready to take over a varsity program because I was – just starting at JV and I kind of getting my feet wet there. And they insisted some of the admin at that point insisted that I was ready. And so I, I went with it and I, I, it was, it was great. It was the best decision I ever made. Yeah. I was going to say, did you foresee yourself doing the coaching job for this long, 20 years later? Did you see yourself still coaching? Um, I mean, I think I saw myself coaching. I, I don't know if I saw myself coaching for this long or honestly, at that point, even, really thought about how long I would be coaching. I mean, if it kind of comes with the PE job is um, sort of an expectation that you at least coach a sport. Um, so I knew I would be coaching. I just didn't know if it would be varsity softball the whole time, if I would end up going more volleyball, if I would end up with something else. But, uh, and again, at the same time, I'm not sure I really thought that far ahead in my nice youthful twenties. Right. So, uh, to have a job for 20 years, though, yeah, you, you have to love it to, to some degree. What, what, what keeps you coming back every year? The, the, that's easy. The kids. I get to work with so many good, fun, uh, just young student athletes. And in the classroom, on the field, on the volleyball court, you know, I get, I get to watch them grow up. And with softball, we, we run usually, as COVID put a damper in it for a while, but uh, – um, a summer softball clinic or camp and you get to see Claire right now as my third baseman. And I remember little Claire coming out to softball camp in her oversized t-shirt, you know, eager to participate and eventually make it on the team. So just watching them grow up and getting to work with so many just awesome student athletes is, is definitely what keeps me coming back every year. Yeah. I, now, now you grew up here in Frederick County, right? Uh, you, you, yes. you're, you're from Middletown originally. Middletown. Yeah, yep. and, and you had to have a sports-playing background, I would imagine, growing up. Yeah, so I played I played basketball and uh, softball at Middletown. So, And I played varsity softball all four years. Basketball, I was just okay at. I only played that for a little while. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I come from sports. I love sports. That's why I went into PE. So coaching kind of comes naturally from that. Oh, your your love from sports. You had siblings that that played sports. Your 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 parents were sports uh, people, or, or where where did your love? My my dad is very much a sports guy. Um, my my brother played recreationally. Um, I was the one that was. I only I have one brother. Um, so I was the one involved in sort of the the high school athletic aspect of it. My dad, uh, you know, played soccer and baseball. So he's very much a lover of athletics and sports and so he was always the one in the backyard throwing the the ball with me or you know kicking the football and he's recently got me into golf which is very frustrating but also fun so he, he got you into golf, uh, golf sounds, yeah, it sounds yeah. like another sucker play there andre you, yeah, you, i know you, i know you, i know you, maybe you, not you, the best move you, you you fell for it are, are you are you a super competitive person do you just like the camaraderie or or what what draws you to sports um, I, I, I'm definitely a competitive person. And I think, I think what draws me in now is different than what drew me in before. Like, I think I initially started sports because, and was very involved in sports because it, I was so competitive and I always wanted to win. And then as I've progressed in sports and I still 
I'm still active in right now in volleyball and I used to play co-ed softball once all the tournament uh, softball playing opportunities were over. Now it's kind of, uh, you know, I still like to win and I'm still competitive, but it's, it's very much the, the social aspect and just the, the physical and mental um, aspects of the game that kind of go along with it, that, that keep challenging you and keeping you healthy. And, um, you know, you get to meet different people in all aspects of sports. So I think that is what at this point really keeps coming me, keeps bringing me back to sports and, and wanting to constantly be involved. I'm always curious about this with really competitive people. Do you hate to lose more than you enjoy winning or do you enjoy winning more than you hate to lose? Um, I think I enjoy winning more than I hate to lose. I think, I think there's a really important lesson in failure. And I think young me working with high schoolers, I think it's really important for them to understand that failure is a part of the process and it's not, it's not the end of the world that you lost a game or that you made an error. You feel like you let the team down, you know, in the batter's box. It's, it's, it's a much bigger picture, um, and there's a much bigger payoff in learning how to utilize failure and grow, and it's going to carry over far beyond softball. Yeah, I mean, how how do you how do you work with your girls about that? Because obviously they're disappointed when they strike out, or they often sure. could feel that they let the team down. I mean, softball and baseball are sports of failure anyway. Because if you sure. have a if you get a hit three out of ten times, you, you're you're yeah. you're doing really well uh, by almost yeah. any measure. So so how do you, how do you work with your girls about managing and coping with that failure aspect of the game? Um, well, so every year at the beginning of the season, we always sit down as a team. I let them. I go away. Um, from the dugout or wherever we're having the conversation and I let them just kind of talk about you know be realistic look at our team right now and what we've seen in playoffs and maybe the first practice or so what are what are your top five goals that you want to accomplish that you see yourself accomplishing as a team and then I also have them do index cards for individual goals Um, and I kind of I think we put in perspective, create challenging goals, but create goals that are achievable um, and not just completely. Yeah, I think it, you have to find that fine line between pushing yourself and being so unrealistic that you're just going to, you, you already already know you're going to fail without even and doing it. Um, and then I just think after that, it's revisiting those concepts that we talked about revisiting um you know so this happened and this happened and it feels like failure now but if you are able to correct that in let's say a playoff game you know we have playoffs coming up um and if we can correct that and we can fix that during practice or just by having a conversation or by changing your mindset then you've already succeeded because you have overcome that failure that existed three weeks ago or two weeks ago um, and you've kind of faced it instead of just feeling bad about failing and then failing again. It, it's all a matter it and used it. Yeah, it's a tool. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but it's all a matter of just perspective, right? You could always spin things certain ways to sure. to, 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 to see the benefit of, of, of anything that you do. Um, did you yeah, al- absolutely. Yeah, did, did you always know you wanted to be a coach? When, when did you know that coaching was in your future? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I've always um, been – very, uh, I guess, close to my mentors in coaching and physical education. I think it all started um, in middle school. I had a uh, really awesome just PE teacher named Angie Alfano, um, and she just sort of created this or maybe uh, exemplified uh, my love of sports, and um, she was just so good at teaching, and we obviously played all kinds of different sports in PE class, Um, and then, you know, having mentors like that and then moving on to uh high school i um swimming coach there was betsy cowperthwaite i ended up managing and helping her um she was a mentor of mine Jeannie provosto they just create uh you know this mindset at least in me that i want to become this type of mentor for other people um if i can so i mean that's that's probably the big reason why I got involved in coaching is my love of sport and my like desire to be a mentor for other young adults. When, when, when you got to Shepherd, did you already know you wanted to be a coach and you were sort of steering your studies 
toward that end? Yeah, I mean, I know I wanted to be a PE teacher, which again, I think like if you're a good PE teacher, you're a coach. Like in PE, you're teaching them how to do certain things at at a different aspects as far as competitions go. But you're if you're a good PE teacher, you're not just rolling a ball out and having them play basketball. You're going through some different things and then letting them play three on three or four on four or whatever um, and watching them grow and watching them get better. Yeah, I mean, the Ligonor-Urbana softball relationship is, 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 is always a great one. It, it's particularly meaningful for you because you coached, you've now coached at both schools. Uh, you, you got you have the trader uh, t-shirt somebody has it i really i sent it to goodwill a long time ago uh, okay you, you don't wash your car with it or anything like that so. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh but but you but you coached under uh frank uh, husan who's been at urbana as yes. you know for a really long time uh just just talk about your relationship with frank and is it is it sort of weird uh to play Urbana, because because Frank's there and you and you used to work under him. Does it does that add yeah. a weird dynamic to to those games? No, I like honestly, it makes it it makes it more fun. And and maybe again, it's because I'm still competitive, but that's not the only thing that's driving me in these games at this point. Um, I think everything you do is just about networking, and it's so nice to be able to work with him and some other coaches in the county. Like Charlie's at Middletown, and he used to be my tournament coach and my uh, assistant coach when I played in high school. So it's nice to be on a network and bounce ideas off of them and set up scrimmages and combine practices. And um, we're able when we get into playoffs to kind of help each other out with um, some scouting, if we're able to, um, to try to get as many Frederick County teams as deep in the playoffs as we can. Like, yeah, Linganore wants to win. Yeah. Urbana wants to win, but we, we also want to help each other out if we're not playing each other. So. And and, and you're doing that today. As a matter of fact, you guys have a joint practice with Urbana, right? Correct. But, but, but is it, is it strange in some level that when you look across the diamond, there's Charlie Tom, there's Frank Husson, mentors to you. Is is it, is it weird coaching against them? I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's weird. I think it's, I, I think I'm sort of, uh, I don't know, in all of the fact that I'm on the same field as, as again, people that were mentors to me. Charlie was a coaching mentor to me, and Frank was a mentor in that, like, he was helping guide me in my first couple years of really taking over uh, a team and, and having to coach and how to how to set up a practice and, um, you know, how to deal with certain issues that come up and how to motivate kids. I, I'm in all of kind of standing on the same field as them. But I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's weird. I, I think it's, I think it's fun, honestly. Yeah. Do, do you always look forward to the Middletown, uh, uh, Ligonor, Urbana Ligonor games? Yeah. I mean, because you yeah. get the coach against you. you, you you're, yeah. You're I, yeah. And stuff. Oh, yeah. Except when Middletown beats us this year and then maybe that's not so fun. But. Yeah. It, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah you, you don't get into coaching for the money. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, 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 you, you do it for the love of the kids and the love of the sport, as, as you say. I was just curious how you manage your time because the. I mean, I think you picked the right sports. Like you didn't pick track and field and swimming where they have like no. all, day, all all day meets and stuff, and yeah. and the hours could really add up in those sports. Softball and volleyball. There's there's no clock in volleyball per se or softball, but 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 right. they're relatively short burst sports. But but still, it's a huge time commitment. How how do you manage that and still have a personal life? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the short answer is I don't really. Um, but um, I never I never anticipated coaching volleyball. And Barb Ferguson, who was my student teacher mentor, and I worked with her here at Linganore for a long time before she retired. Um, she just kind of reached out and said, hey, Poff, um, we need a JV coach. Do you want to coach volleyball? I'm like, I have never played volleyball in my life. I have no idea how to set up an offense. I, I know nothing about volleyball. Um, and then it, that sport definitely suckered me in. It's a super fun sport to play and coach. So having that and having softball, I, I really, really have to be very selective with my personal time. Uh, you know, one of the things that I do, and it's, it's sort of my coaching philosophy, um, unless we would absolutely need it, I do not practice on Saturdays. I try to give the weekends to my kids to work and have family time. Um, you know, for me, family time is real important. Um, 
my, I have three nephews and they, my brother and sister-in-law, they live in Winchester, Virginia. So if I'm going to go interact with them or go watch them play, they play soccer. Um, you know, I need Saturday cause that's the day they play. And, and honestly, at this point in time, the kids kind of need a Saturday to be able to do what they want to do or catch up on schoolwork. I have, um, you know, kids taking dual enrollment classes and CTC and AP classes. So that's one way that I sort of manage my time and create a little bit of personal uh, time for myself. And, and you guys don't have a lot of Saturday games, do you? I mean, occasionally, like in the playoffs and stuff, you'll get one. Yeah. But, but normally your, your weekends are clear, right? Yeah, and uh, we do the volleyball tournament on Saturday. But otherwise, if we have like a scrimmage or something, it, it's going to be a unique circumstance where we play on a Saturday or have to have a practice because something weird happened. Yeah. How many years have you been coaching volleyball now? Um, so I coached JV for 10 and then it's now my sixth year doing, so next year will be my seventh going varsity. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious. How did you get the JV job? Because, um, you said you never played volleyball. Did someone suck? Was that another sucker you in type job? The Barb, the the Barb sucker, sucker. It was Barb. She just, she just said, Hey, we need a, a, I think sometimes it's hard to get coaches into a high school setting because of how early some of the practices maybe start and just the time schedule of games. Um, although I think volleyball is fairly easy because it, you know, you don't start playing till like five thirty seven o'clock uh, for varsity. Um, so she, she just said like, Hey, are you interested? And, you know, I'm always going to help Barb out because she was phenomenal at helping me as a teacher. Um, but I, I, I had knew nothing. I literally knew nothing. And, um, yeah, the, the kids, the first couple of years I I worked with the kids, the kids had to help me figure out the 5-1 and the 6-2 and how to run the rotations and stuff. And um, now, now you're a seasoned pro, I'm sure, but um, but, yeah. but, but but take me back to that first practice because you're standing in front of your team and, and, and may, maybe they know more than you do. So it was what, what Yeah, happened? 100%. Like, I mean, and it's JV, so you have some on your team that know more than me and then um, you have others that don't and – uh, you know, the basic fundamentals I figured out real quick just by, you know, reading and learning some things, um, watching some videos, but the, the rotations and making sure that you're not um, out of rotation and all of that, so that, that took me a long time. And I was teaching some of these kids and, and I said to a couple of them, I said, so Kate Barker is my, uh, she's actually my tournament director now for volleyball. I said, look, I know you play. And I had her in a class and I said, I need you to write this down for me on a piece of paper because I have no idea where the setter goes here, the, the outside hitter goes here. And, you know, once we talked through it and did a couple things, I, I wrapped my head around it pretty quick, but <laughs> there at first. And they were, I think it's okay to say to your class or your kids, like, I don't really understand how to do this drill or I don't understand how to do this. Why don't you show me? Or like, Hey, we're struggling at this particular skill. What's something you've done somewhere else with a different coach that worked for you and helped? Uh, there's no shame in that, I don't think at all. Uh, I'm, I'm just imagining what the first time out or the first huddle was like that first JV season. I don't know. It's been what, too long to even remember. What did you tell your kids? Like, hey, go get him or something like that? Or uh... go, go get him. I, I don't know. Yeah, like do good. I don't know. <laughs> But, but by the time you took the varsity program over six years ago, oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you were a seasoned pro. You, you knew you, you knew what you had to know about volleyball, I'm sure. Yeah, so. I would not I would not have been able to take over a varsity program without no. But, well, you know, I started coaching the JV in 2005. And then um, shortly after, I was like, well, this is a really fun sport to play. And so I started playing in some of the rec volleyball leagues with Frederick County and doing tournaments and stuff. So once you start playing, you pick it up super, super fast. Um, so, you know, I would say by season two at the latest season three, I was, I was ready to go. I was ready to roll. Maybe not at the varsity level, but I understood how to do all the run, all the offenses and the defenses and, and things like that. So, uh, are you glad you took the volleyball job in hindsight? Yeah. I mean, I am again, because I got to work with so many just cool kids and it base it doubles my pool of kids that I get to work with. Um, and there's some overlap between, um, softball and volleyball, but, um, to be able to work with X amount of softball kids in the spring, X amount of uh, volleyball kids in the fall. And then all these kids that I get to work with in the classes, it, I mean, it just makes, again, almost every day, super, super rewarding. And, 
you always have a bad day, whether it's coaching or teaching. And then the next day you end up getting a really nice message or a kid just says something to you that just makes it, reminds you of, oh, this is why I'm tired and I've only got four hours of sleep. This is why I'm doing this. Yeah, exactly. The the bond you have uh, with your players and the the bond that you really love and appreciate, did you have that as a high school athlete yourself or is that something you didn't get until you started coaching? No, I think I had, I think the, I think I had very um, nurturing coaches. I think they were, they were different as far as, um, you know, certain philosophies that I have um, versus maybe what they had, but there was, uh, I never felt like, I was just a statistic or like a chess piece that they were like moving to strategically win a game. I always felt like I was cared about as much on the field as as I was off the field. And I think that's super important, especially with everything coming up with, uh, you know, college athletes right now and all the struggles mentally that they're having. Yeah. Were you really close with a lot of your teammates Uh, when you were on those Middletown teams? Were you guys, were you super close? Yeah, we were very close. Yep, Sherry, Sherry Toms, Amy Foster. I don't know if you remember any of those or not. They, they, they predate were... my time in Frederick County by a bunch. Yeah, okay. Bit. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, and do you, do you still stay in touch with them? Um, Facebook is a beautiful thing. Sure. So yeah, I mean, I I'm able to stay in touch with them that way. I actually just saw Amy uh, playing volleyball the other uh, last Sunday. We, she was playing in a league that I was playing in. Um. So I, I don't think we get to see each mother each other as much as we'd like, um, but we do stay in touch through Facebook with um, a lot of the teammates that have, I mean, they're both local, but um, a lot of the ones that have moved out of state and stuff, Facebook and social media certainly lends a hand to being able to stay in touch and, and know what's going on uh, with their lives. So that's nice. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, your, your softball teams at Ligonor every year, you guys are always playing in big games, make, making playoff runs. Just what makes the Ligonor softball program such an enduring, strong program every year? Um, I, well, I think it's, I think it starts with all of our youth leagues. I mean, we have such a good program for younger kids with Luya and them coming up through, um, softball as a young, um, player and then giving them opportunities like the clinics and the camps so they sort of they they grow as an athlete and they they learn things and they they get to play not as a whole team like obviously all 14 or 15 kids that I have on a team each year um aren't always together through Luya but you get a chunk of like these four or five kids and these three kids that have grown up with softball since they could walk um I think that helps the program a lot. I don't think some areas in Frederick County have um, as good of a youth program. So that feeds, um, you know, the high school. And then um, I think just having consistency of me being a coach here for such a long period of time helps the program. Um, I know I've seen programs struggle because they have a, a, a really good coach for a year or two, and then they happen to leave and then they get a new coach and they have to readjust to different philosophies and different coaches and um so I, I definitely think the consistency there helps um and i think we find here at Linganor at least i find uh or i try to find a nice balance of we want to win we want to be competitive we want to make plays but we, this is this is a sport you're here um because you love the sport and i don't want to coach you into the ground where you hate the sport Right, and and it's not your fault uh, if if the team doesn't achieve it, all of its goals. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 nobody's fault. Right. Again, yeah. like uh, the world is built on failure. Sometimes you're right. gonna have a plan, and it's just not gonna it's not gonna work out. Right. Um, yeah, uh, your yeah. your your team this year it seems like there's a nice mix. Yeah, you, you have sophomores who start who start. You have seniors who start. You have juniors who start. Uh, it, it seems like a really nice mix of uh, kids you have this year. Yeah, and I think I again for and you know this like every year I end up with a really good mix of kids and um, you have to sort of analyze at the beginning, especially with batting lineup. Like, what is our lineup going to be and what is it going to look like? And you kind of have to. Um, shift your philosophy on hitting like there when we had when I had Joy Fry and Kennedy and some of the slappers Devin Poole 
you know, we, we always went with slappers as, the, as our first batter and uh, playing a lot of small ball there at the beginning. Um, and, you know, as of late, we haven't had that um, in our arsenal, so to speak. So you, you just sort of shift the mindset of uh, what your lineup's going to look like, what you want to accomplish in your batting order and, and stuff like that. So does each team every year, does it take on its own personality sort of? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every, I think every team, every sport, every class, they, you get a group of personnel and you, you can't handle them exactly the same every single year. You have to sort of um, see what you have, get a feel for it during the first couple weeks. And then you sort of gear, you know, you don't change a lot, but you have to gear. And even, I even have to gear the way that I talk and, make certain comments and the way I structure certain things just on certain people. Some people I think can handle a little more criticism than others. Um, some you, you have to frame it a certain way or they feel like they're being attacked. And maybe that's just um, from previous coaches attacking them, whatever it may be. Um, so you just, like, you learn your personnel and you learn um, how you can sort of get the most out of them um, in a practice, in a game, whatever it may be. Right. Well, one one of your top pitchers this year is uh, Cameron uh, McKay. Uh, she's she's a junior, and uh, she seems her personality seems a bit reserved. Uh, she's shy. She, uh, she's yeah. not the most outspoken kid, but but it seems like when she's on the mound, she's as determined as any pitcher out there. Absolutely. She's she's one of those uh, silent killers, I guess we'll call them. Right. She, you you get lots of especially at the pitcher in the pitcher circle, you get lots of different personalities. I feel like, um, and cam is just one of those kids that she's one that I've worked with in softball camps, uh, even before she was at Linganore. And I've had the opportunity to work with her in the weight room during strength training. And even when she was a freshman in health fitness, and she's just a quiet kid that just does everything she's supposed to do and more and she's as competitive as they come, uh, but she won't show too much emotion, and that's that's a good thing for her. That's that's her forte. Now your third baseman is uh, Caitlin Healy, right? Do I have that right? Uh, third base is Claire Thomas, typically. Okay. Um, who's who's your spit, who's your Spitfire personality on, 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 on the team? The, the one you have to reel in every once in a while. <laughs> I mean. That's definitely Katie. Katie's our comic relief. Um, Katie's Katie's very versatile. She's she's a hard worker, but in her own way. Um, but she definitely adds uh, in a, a lightness when it's necessary. Sometimes, right? Um, if if nerves are high, or if you know maybe there's uh, you know a little bit of I don't know, um, not arguing, but. We, you know, we're having a conversation. It gets a little too serious. Uh, she's, she's the one that's going to make a wisecrack real quick to kind of lighten the mood and, and kind of bring everybody back in. You, you need someone like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. They, they all bring a, their own little personality to the program. Right, and I, and I saw Katie. She was like chest bumping you and some other players after after a game. So 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 she really does have a, have a, have a great personality. So yes, she does. Yeah, who's who's been swinging the bats for you this uh, this season? Um, Delaney by far is uh, swinging the bat as well as anybody, which I think I expected going into her senior season. Um, you know, based on what she put down and as far as her goals. Um, individually, that was definitely an expectation of hers. Um, Claire's done a, a nice job. I, I bumped her up to um, four hitter. Um, Gracie Wilson, uh, Kelly Durbin's hitting the ball well. Um, Katie, when she doesn't swing at pitches that are 20 miles over her head. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw her hit a, That's been a challenge for her, and she knows it. Right, but when she makes contact, the ball goes a long way. Because I, <laughs> I, I saw her hit a home run against Urbana earlier this year. So, yeah, and she, yeah, I mean, she is she is strong. She's she's I'm working in the weight room with her right now, and she's she's benching plates, and and so she's definitely strong if she can catch up to the ball. But you know, if we could get her to lay off that, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can this team make a run? What what are the keys uh, to, to success for you guys in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, this team can absolutely make a run. Um, we just, we need to find the consistency on defense and offense. 
We need to be able to hit the ball on a consistent basis. And I'm not talking home runs or triples, you know, extra base hits. I'm talking, we need to have eight, nine, 10 hits a game. We can't, we can't be held to three or four hits and hope that we can, you know, win with one run. Um, and defensively, the consistency with if we make an error, one of our team goals was to make two errors or less every game. Um, and we've done really well with that some games. And then some games, it's like one error turns into five errors, um, whether that's physical or mental errors. So we need to find that consistency offensively and defensively at the same time in the same games. And we can be extremely successful going through playoffs. Yeah. How long are you going to keep doing this, uh, Poff? Are you going to be an old gray-haired coach on, 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 on uh, in, in the bench on the bench one day? Yeah. Well, I was. I almost. I almost gave it up in 2019. I announced that I was done softball in 2019. Oh no, kidding! Wow. Yeah, and then Coach Connor, the football coach here, you know, said, you know, you're you're tired, you're burnt out. Take some time and think about it. So, you know, I took some time to think about it. I never turned in the letter of resignation and then COVID hit. Well, I'm glad I didn't because it was nice to be able to be there for the kids that lost the whole season and then had a very altered season. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine a new person to a program trying to figure all that out and trying to help the kids through that. So I'm glad I stayed. Um, my, my days are numbered coaching two sports. I don't have an actual number yet, but, uh, you know, one is going and it's probably going to be softball. Oh, no kidding. You're you're, going to stick with volleyball. Wow. Yeah. Well, I only say that because, uh, it's always sunny and 75 in the gym and I don't have to deal with rescheduling. So Uh, if I'm traveling, if I'm traveling to see my nephews or I have a plan, I don't have to shift and alter that plan, um, with volleyball because it stays very much the same. Um, yeah, and yeah. the start of spring sports is brutal usually with those forty to fifty degrees, yeah, and yeah. the, the, the wind blowing down. like like you, the last place you want to be is is outside, and they're and they're yeah. playing the game. So, yeah. Well, thank you, ma'am, for your time. Are you going to be coaching against uh, the uh, Kelly Durbins and uh, the uh, Gracie Wilsons one day? And will will you be mm-hmm. looking across the the diamond at your uh, players you mentored uh, in, in the I opposite may. dugout one day? <laughs> I may. That's or or on the volley well. or on the volleyball court. Or on the volleyball, I may. I, I always, I have a couple of my kids that are doing JV. Shiloh Arneson's doing JV softball, and Lindsay Yukashima, who was the catcher at Urbana, is helping her do JV right here. Well, this year was their first year. Well, Ben Arneson's and, not going to let you quit either. Uh, uh, no, yeah, but you know, I'll just so. give it to Ben. Yeah, That'd be right. great. Well, he, yeah, he might be. He might be willing to take it over. So, <laughs> well, well, thanks for doing this, ma'am. I really appreciate it, and wish you wish you well going forward in the playoffs. So. Great. Thank you very much. Yep. That's uh, Andrea Poffenberger, uh, Ligano softball coach. My thanks to Graham Cullen for producing, all of you for checking out us here on the podcast, and we'll be back next week with another episode of The Final Score. See you, everyone. Yeah.